Hello and welcome into Limited Time Only, brought to you by SoRare Data. I'm Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare. Joined again by Keith Jameson, Gator Guide 231, to talk about just what Glenn brought up, RIP Dino Hotich, who went, <laughs> went Poland coverage. That is going to be a big topic today as we talk about the challenges of Challenger Europe. Keith, it used to be that Challenger was like the place where you lost players to like terrible transfers because they would be they would finally get their big move to like a big champion Europe yeah. club and they'd never play again. Shout out to uh, Charles Dicatelaire and all of a sudden, or Teddy like, Tuma. Teddy Tuma. Well, we'll get to Teddy. I'm okay. definitely talking about Teddy today. But then Saudi Pro League came along and they were like, "Oh, you think champion Europe is safe?" And it almost feels like Challenger might be a little safer now, at least for like the elite guys. And that's weird because that's like a pretty big change from what we've had, at least in the in the past when it comes to players to transfers that just kill our galleries. I think it's interesting though too that I was like going through the list, like the player rankings list. There is a decent chunk of challenger guys that have gone like to Qatar or are like linked to it. Like the Jota thing. That was wild. It I'm still on the stance that like there haven't been enough players that have like officially joined that so we need to take any action. So, but we're only we're heading that way because every day it's like <laughs> we got a, a long new way player, to go. Yeah, that you would have never expected. So the um the topic today, and I kind of wanted to talk about this very quickly in regards to this show, that I think there are a lot of topics that we have discussed on previous like strategy shows or on Silver Andrews, or pretty much anywhere, that we tended to ignore limiteds, to be honest, mm -hmm. uh, in those conversations. And that's that wasn't right. And so we're going to try to right that wrong with this show. And so if you're somebody who watches a lot of our stuff, all of our stuff, listens to it, whatever, and you're like, wait, this conversation has been had already. I think it is different when it comes to limiteds. And so the ideas will sound similar, but the executions and actually the strategies that come out of it because it's, we're focusing on limited cards is different. So if you're there and you're like, I've heard this conversation already, I promise you, you have not. So we'll see. Yeah, different different slant because like I thought, God, yesterday feels like a long time ago. I don't know why I was just like, hold on. Was yesterday? It was yesterday. yesterday? But, you know, even talking with... Um, you know, Sean and Haber yesterday about, you know, when, you know, Sean was giving Haber some recommendations on what cards he was talking about, like that one doesn't spike enough. Like it looks like a great card, but it doesn't spike enough. And that's going to be something that's going to be like very consistent on this limited when we're talking about limiteds, because the, the what you need to place highly is much higher than other divisions. Um, so looking for those guys that really can peak and not just be consistent, you know, I think it's going to be a big topic that we're going to kind of hit on, hit on a lot too. Yeah. I will say that there are some contests now, like with cap 240, even 220, 100%. that there is still some place for the consistent guys, but they, if you are trying to like compete for podiums, it's really tough to rely on them. Just, yeah, straight up. I would agree with that statement. I mean, and then there's still there's still matchups that the consistent guys can absolutely slam into. Like, you know, I, I not to like go in like own gallery, but 
last weekend to play for All-Star. I noticed I was a defender short. And uh, Nabor Zito is a left back for Frontal. Not anybody that you would expect to uh, spike, but he was like a buck 50 and it filled in and they were like minus 400 favorite and he drops 90, right? So, you know, anytime you can get a matchup and help, anytime you can all of a sudden fill your gap in your lineup for a buck 50, that's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad play at all. Those are the prices we like to see. That's all. We do. We do. Alex Wilson is here saying, as somebody who has won Challenger Europe Limited, all I can say is that I know what it takes to win. I will say Alex had a lineup that won once. And that's what he knows. I don't even know <laughs> Alex. But winning something once, I don't think gives anyone, no, it gives them like a knowledge that all of us don't have. I finished third in Challenger Europe. I was going to say, you know once. how to get a third. I had a, I had a podium. I have no idea what I'm doing there. So, um, Alex, I told you, I wanted to crown you the cap. I, what did I tell you in a DM? I wanted to count crown you the cap 240. Yeah. And then you were like, I haven't hit all the, uh, super rare cap 240 in 17 weeks. I'm like, why well, you no longer are the goat. Then. Yeah. Shout out <laughs> Lucas Zellerion who ruined my cap 240 rare team this week. That was brutal. <sighs> anyway. We are not here to talk about those cards. No. P-Doc with this Zenit stacks are going to be torn apart. We have seen them. Uh, Malcolm rumors to Saudi Arabia. And I think Wendell. Wendell as well. Is he going to Saudi or is he just going somewhere else? No, I think Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Douglas Santos will be there dropping hundreds nonstop. You got Mario Fernandez coming back. I mean, Zenit, Zenit's going to Zenit. So I'm, I'm not too worried about them. Yeah, it's going to be a I different agree. version of the stack. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think the, the biggest issue is that building stacks now is difficult because you just don't know who is going to play. And like <clears throat> every single, not every single, because I found one team that I feel like I might be able to get five starters in. And, but it's difficult. Like straight, like, I was thinking of doing a, a heron bean stack. This was a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like yeah, I remember. Tom Hayes probably leaving, and it's like if you it would be the equivalent of trying to do like a USG stack, and you're like, but Teddy Tuma is <laughs> not going to be there. So like, who do you get? And it's like, is it worth doing it? And it does feel like we have gotten used to looking at last season's results and expecting those results again, and. Like, I think way too many people do it. So and it's... There are some teams where it can work, but it just it just doesn't work all the time. So it's actually crazy if you think about, like, how many layers of what you have to look for right now and, like, think of, like, Saudi's only throwing a big wrench into it because I was actually chatting with Tuggy DM me probably, like, 25 minutes ago, and he's, he's like, all right, I'm getting, I'm getting ready. And he was asking me about USG. Because, you know, I've run that USG stack and became kind of like a USG fan through Teddy Tuma Lovin. Mm-hmm. And not only does like a team like USG lose the guy that did everything for them. You know, the most influential guy on the field really for now, like three and a half, four years back into before they were promoted. But third manager now in three years. And this is a Red Bull guy now too which if anybody like follows like tactics red bull tactics is like completely different than a lot of the way the rest of the world play and it's not always the most friendly style for so5 scoring 
um, they just, everybody's leaving and they're like backfilling and things like that. But, you know, I heard one person, this was in Tucky, somebody was like, Kevin McAllister is definitely going to start. And I'm like, is he? Oh, he wouldn't move if he didn't have a chance to start. And it's like, dude, they have a guy named Ross Sykes who's a six foot six guy who looked pretty decent in a lot of games. They probably want to get him some run too. So, I mean, there's just no guarantee. Then they had their left center back just left. So now it could be Mashida, who, you know, J League people love, but he's been there for two years, barely gotten a start. Yeah. So it's just like really hard to not only do you have to sift through all the transfers, but now you have to sift through the team styles changing. Who's leaving? Okay. It probably is there's a guy named Shane Linen who took all their set pieces. Um, they're split with with Teddy Tuma at times, but now it's the left wing backs taking sets. So I I was gonna come to the show and kind of say. I think one of the things that you can do for challenger the most right now is be patient or because we're silver people and we don't really like being patient. I would really be looking for the teams that didn't shake it up much and guys who just either renewed their deals or are like very recently renewed their deals and they're not going anywhere um, or just transferred in, you know, like, um, you know, Sean and I are both kind of, got zipped into Galata. I can't say that. How do you say Galata? I'm, I'm not going to try that again. But, you know, Angelino just had a really big move there or is about to have a big move there. They've been moving a lot of guys. That could be a team that really good. So, you know, like a guy like Angelino, if you think he's going to be back to Leipzig, Angelino, that could make a lot of sense. And he's just signing there. So it's a little bit more secured. I don't know. Challenger is challenging, like you said, at the, <laughs> the top of the show. There's a lot of different ways and a lot of different strategies you can employ. Angelino will always be New York City FC's Angelino to me. So <clears throat> those were fun DFS days. But they were. They were. The yeah, I think the the USG thing is a, a really good example though, because it's a really good team that had really good SO5 scores last year that have midweeks this year, like this season. And if that's what you look at, you're like, yeah, I'm in. This but the turnover prices are cheap, right? Too. The the turnover is significant in terms of the quality. Like they as much quality as you want to bring in. Like losing Tuma and didn't they lose? Who was the center well, back? Candice. Didn't well, they so they lost Candice? both. They lost two center backs, and then this one isn't being talked about at all, too. But like Brighton is USG's quote unquote parent club but also doesn't give a living crap about USG. It's just I, like... I thought it, but, somebody mentioned that they weren't allowed to loan players to USG. Um, they have. Um, and they've, they've definitely like transferred guys back. But like yeah, they have. Simon... Yeah. So S Simon and Dingra is this young kid. Brighton paid $10 million for him last year. He, got, he went down to... Down. He went to USG. Um... And he had like 12 goals and 15 assists. He's with Brighton right now. He's coming back. You had Undov do great and then get sold to Brighton. Um, you know, you had Matoma was yeah. the other one too. So whether they can or they can't, they are. Um, but like all these moves, like for a team like USG too, and I was going to mention this. Sorry to be this be the USG pod. But last week or last year, it was insane that – they didn't rotate at all the whole season and did really well in Europe and did well domestically. Yeah. Like they have no depth because there's just not very much money on them. 
like it could go the exact opposite way and like they could be in like the relegation battle until they get knocked out of europe because of the congestion because they don't have some of the top end guys um this year or the guys that were familiar with each other so it's just really it's really difficult yeah to like target a team like that certainly at this point of the year like going into the season like as much as you think something can happen you thinking something should happen that that's actually a very clear point that I always try to mention to people that what you think should happen is very different than what you think the manager will do. And I think people focus on the, the former way too much as, and, but it's only the latter that matters. Like it doesn't matter what we think. If the manager like thinks one guy is better than the other, like that's what's going to happen. And just because you think the other guy is better, like it doesn't matter. But, yeah, or the one guy's SO5 scores are better, but the other guy fits the team style. Like just because the guy mashes an SO5 doesn't mean the coach is like, yeah, he's right. gonna get he's going in. Yeah. So at least to stay on the topic of stacks, because you don't have to stack. It, no. It's easier for a ton of reasons, but it is also a little more difficult this time of year because like you don't know everyone who's playing. So Pablo said, I bought my Celtic stack at the end of the season. Yeah. Thanks, Jota. And like, that's a tough one. Uh, Gen, who Alex brought up. I kind of like, like that one, by the way. Yeah. But also, didn't they move like, uh, end, didn't they uh, lose a few players? I know. Well, Not I know the big guys. Though, but I mean, like, Hugo, I'm, I, th- I thought like he, for all intents and purposes, he was gone. And yet I just saw him in training. Yeah. You know, and the start is there. You know, Andy's boy, Sven Coombs, is always going to be there. So, I mean, there's 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 two midfielders and a forward right there. Now just defender and goalie, and if you wanted to go all five. Yeah, it's – I don't know. It's a tough one. Uh, John Nunez, tough. Nunez brings up sporting, which like so – There's two big pieces that are still very much in the air in sporting, and Gonclavez and uh, – your boy, Coates. Co- Co- yeah. And yeah. I had somebody tell me over and over and over again that Adon was not going to be the starter this year, like <laughs> this coming season. And, and I think, um, I don't remember if it was Jow Virginia. He might have, does he, if he doesn't have zero cards, uh, is that who? No, it wasn't. That Jow was the dude that was on Jow. loan, right? And he was like U23 for a bit. No, I forget. I already forgot what his name is. Jow okay. Virginia. Joe, sorry, I'm looking it up right now. It's just gone. Oh, Israel. I was completely wrong. Franco Israel. Okay. I know Joe Virginia was like a U23 guy for a bit yeah. last season. So Franco Israel, who is who started the last few games, Adon got like the red card and then um, all of that. But Israel has three rare cards and 27 limiteds. And so Jeez. like relying on that. Luis here saying Adon is going to be the starter. Coata, or Gonzalez is not going to leave, and neither is Cortez. I mean, I mean, this I is the type of confidence you need, Laird. Like, right, right. Bookmark that. <laughs> Luis, I'm going to be in touch when if any of this stuff doesn't happen. I actually don't have Pote, so like, that was not that he can go, and I don't care, but I don't actually care. Um, we've got two votes. Yeah, was... Adon. It would be wild for me to like. So that's the thing. I'm like, it, it would be absolutely wild to me if they didn't go with Adon. But it's so... like, it doesn't matter what I think. But here's a great example from like going on right now was J League. Everybody said before the season that um, in Gamba, it would be crazy if Agassi, hold on, 
Higashi. I'm not. <laughs> you got to look at it because it's completely fanatic. But Higashi Gucci was no way going to start over Tommy. Right. Well, no, no, no. The other way. I, I thought I was oh. always told the other one is he's a club legend. There's no yeah. way he's not going to start first game as Tani. Don't worry, guys. It was just a one game thing. And the coach even didn't the coach say something about like, oh, it's the tactics. Like Tani is better in the air and That's they do exactly a lot of corners. And then the next week, oh, Tani starts again. And then it was like weeks. And now it's the other way. So, I mean, Anytime you start getting, <laughs> thank you, Jerm. <laughs> uh, anytime you start getting, you know, those type of things or any sort of competition, that's not exactly where you, you want to be for your goalkeeper. I don't like to hear murmurs. I really don't like murmurs. Yeah, it it's all bad when it comes to that. But like the the one thing I wanted to touch on, also not to like go back to Teddy Tuma, but there are just so few examples of really, really good challenger players going to a champion a champion Europe league and being as good. And that's not to say that they can be, they're bad. Right. But it's really it's hard to keep that quality up. Yeah. And I mean, Tuma is probably one of the best examples that we have for a while to like track this year because he was so dominant. Like his scores were ridiculous. And, you know, now he goes to like a lower tier like the best comp I can get for Teddy, like, and I give like a one percent is like a Tajay Savanier, um, who I think is like Montpellier, but like you know a lowish, mid to low, French side dude doesn't exactly like, you know, there's nothing great about him except for he's just like amazing at everything, and that's kind of like how Teddy is. I just as somebody that owns limited, so rare. Special card, a rare and a super rare. I want it more than anything. I don't expect him to do all that well. So Alex brought up a guy that I'm happy to bring up here. Juni Ito had his moments last year. So like, that's the difference though. That's the thing, the moments. Like, right. It, having the moments. And you could make the argument that you can figure out when the moments are most likely to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a really good matchup or whatever it is. But it's just nothing close to what you had before. And so, like, at Genk in, let's just say, in starts, he was a 64 average player with, like, a good number of hundreds. Man. (laughs) That just hurt you. (laughs) And he loses, like, Uh... 10 points, basically, going to France. And it's like, oh, first year, I guess he did have that one. He did have 100. But, like, this is an understandable drop when you go from from challenger to champion. Um, Chow says, we can see with this new season with Grimaldo, which is Grimaldo is going to be a great, like there's yep. no way Grimaldo is as effective at Bayer Leverkusen as he was at Benfica. Yep. The one guy I did think somebody would bring up, and to be honest, everyone here, I'm disappointed you didn't. And maybe because he only had a very short time in challenger Europe. But Enzo Fernandez was great at River Plate and then was great at Benfica. Right. And now. Like 65 average at Benfica. Right. That's good starts to go, I guess. And then Chelsea, 58. Yeah. And it's like still good, but not as good. And you can make the case that like he'll be better this year. And I'm willing to accept that. 
but you also have to like wait. And so it just, I, I, I know that like when we find like one of these challenger guys that is like so good and we want them to be great at their next spot, it's just really, really unlikely. Ugh. And so it's almost like you want the guys who won't leave challenger. And I think it's kind of why Dusan Tadic, knock on wood for any sort of Saudi or any move that he can make, is so important in Challenger because like he's probably like he's stayed there and he's now old enough where he's like, there aren't champion Europe teams like dying to get him. Yep. And like his what a random link to Turkey, like that isn't a death move because that's right. just going from a top team in Netherlands to a top team in Turkey. And you know, he comes in as the vet just taking everything still. So like I, I don't think it would be a huge impact. Um KB brought up another one. Like we're just like taking shots at my gallery right now, but uh no, not but anymore. Journey too. <laughs> yes, I, thank you, Flow State. I appreciate it, buddy. But um Cherney was another one that you know it's really hard to see the way he ended at Twant, like continuing into the Bundesliga. It's actually it's actually almost impossible to to match that. I anywhere. mean, he's the best player on the platform if he's a champion in Europe forward with a 71 L15 and a 65 oh. L40. So, And then Flow State will be thanking me for selling him the super rare. So NH said, what's the point of playing Challenger Limited considering the awful rewards you can achieve? I don't think they're awful. Now, I, I, I want to understand that. Yeah, I mean, that's the re- like the there's always going to be people that are going to pop up, you know, like we, every single season, like Cherney come into the season, nobody had on their radar. Um, Tuma, I think a lot of people had on their radar, but not to the extent that he was Mike Tressor to start the season was very like, people didn't even know if he would start and he wins Jupiter league player of the year and sets a record for assists. So that's the cool thing about challenger though, is, and why I, I kind of like, like being a little bit cautious in terms of who I'm going into right away is you actually don't necessarily know before the season who are going to be the absolute like mashers. And that's one of the coolest parts about the division is spotting guys early. Like, so here's a funny thing on Tresser. You probably remember this Laird, but I bought his rare um, before the start of the season based on, I think he started like a, they had like a cup game or something like that. And he took all the sets and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to, but he was a great underdog play and the former underdog. Yeah. Because he had built in a ton of subs. And I'm like, I'm going to buy him to run him for underdog for four weeks. And then if you see the way he started the season, I'm like, oh, I think I got something here. It seems fine. It's this, he's a little bit better than an underdog play. Yeah. But, but, you know, Joe, here's another great one of like what rewards. Um, type in paint still from um, yep. Gink too. Cause, he wasn't even, you know, a presumed starter going into last season and then just goes on that run. Yeah, there are definitely ways to find it. I think the argument of, like, what's the point of playing Challenger with awful rewards applies just as much to America and Asia. Absolutely. I So I don't... <clears throat> I want to not like backtrack, but I want to go back to what I said that like, you don't want guys that then go to champion. It's more that expecting them to be as good the next season in champion Europe is naive. And so you can like, there are plenty of great champion Europe players who were challenger players 
It just takes them longer to get there. And so that's what you have to be prepared for when you buy into Challenger and start making teams that if you get somebody who doesn't necessarily or that doesn't get like the move that you want, like if they stay, then like that's that's the best. And you, yeah. in yeah, actuality, you if you're, oh my gosh, can you imagine that move? I, I know somebody would be very happy if he was. I don't was think I, he I, was on so rare. Like, I don't think so rare existed that, during that time. No, it didn't. But he was just yeah. like unplayable. <laughs> like yeah. he would break, he would break competitions. But what you really want to identify though is the drop downs. You actually really want the, the champion Europe guy that comes down to the dominant now challenger team. You know, you know the Angelino example I, I I brought up. You know, Mark. Here's one that I I was so late to last year, and I'm annoyed. Um, you can do that, but the better example is a Cardi. I don't know if you ever if you did you see like how crazy he was in terms. He was yeah. It was. And I mean that that's been a guy that has been a joke of a player since he left. God, I can't even remember. Was it Inter? Was that where yeah. he was really good, or was it Rome? Yeah, it was Inter, right? And that's what four years ago, five years ago. And he was just pretty much non-existent. And then he goes to Turkey and all of a sudden just absolute smash because he's too good for yeah. Turkey and he's still in a prime age. So like that's the guys you know, and that's why, you know, I give Sean credit for that. He kind of gave me the heads up on Angelino and I jumped on it. But you know, that's why we like, you know, Angelino fits a potentially like really good profile because he's gonna go to the best team in Turkey. He's more than likely levels above a lot of the, the the Turkish competition and he could just smash. Like if you go to, um, if you want to go back to Angelino, like go back to his um, Leipzig stats, not um, last year when he was playing for Hoffenheim and was, um, you know, a mid table team, but go back to Leipzig. And all of a sudden you can see some pretty massive mm -hmm. uh, peaks there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, somebody brought up, let's see, <clears throat> Mickey Fu, has there ever been a challenger to champion move where the scores actually went up? And Luis Mendez said Luis Diaz, which I had Luis Diaz when he was at um, Porto. And he definitely hasn't been as good, but I mean, I he's I mean, do we dare do we dare say I guess it might not have been up, but it's equal like Holland. You know, I mean going from Yeah, uh Leipzig, right? Not not Leipzig, but it's Salzburg. the other one. Salzburg. To Dortmund and it didn't change, and then obviously it didn't really change in City. Yeah, we don't have. But the, I mean, I mean that's like the Salzburg one. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I don't think using Holland as an example is uh, too <laughs> too replicable. John Nunez said, "Is yeah, uh, Bruno's Bruno. a good one. Bruno's a good one. Because he immediately went to United and was great. But I mean, I think those are the outliers. That's the problem. Oh, we don't have. Oh, that's right. He transferred like soon after So Rare started." Because there, that's why there's so few Bruno Fernandez Porto or Sporting cards, excuse me. Because um, yeah, you pretty much just never want in any level of this game. You never want your player to move up. Like ML. No, I'm serious. Like, I know. You never do. I know you're serious. That's why I'm laughing about it. I'm like I'm thinking MLS. The moment they leave MLS, like we're pretty much calling them dead, at least in the short term future leave Japan to go like the only like move I've ever seen people be excited about that's quote unquote up is like for the time that Celtic was going to the J league and getting guys, it was like, okay, like they're going to do well at Celtic. Yeah. 
that's probably like the only one. Like I remember everybody was super excited when Furuhashi went. Um, I didn't even understand at the time. Like I, I was like new to the platform. I'm like, why is this good? And you know, he's done well there. But you know, Hatate, um, the only guy that hasn't done well that Maeda, I remember was a killer in the J League. I don't think he's been that great in Celtic, but like that's probably like the only move I can ever think of that you were like okay with in terms of a quote unquote level up. Yeah. I have his card. I, I do not enjoy having his card. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tricky one. Let's see. Luis Mendes says check out Eder Militao at Porto to Real. I don't think I don't think he has um old scores. I think it's Yeah, we don't have I it. think too that we have to like when we're trying to look up those type of guys making moves, we have to like contextualize the moves too. Like when they go to a top team, like Bruno went to Manchester United. Like he didn't go to Burnley. <laughs> you know, Eder Militao didn't yeah. go to Valencia. He went to Real Madrid and walked in as a starter. Like those are different sort of situations. Like what we're normally talking about when we have a challenger bump up to champion is they normally have to step up the levels to get there it's normally not going from you like if teddy tuma went from usg and started for man city i would be excited about my move but instead he goes to i don't know where rim finished 12th or 13th in lagoon or if he went to psg and was presumed starter in psg i'd be fine with it but that doesn't happen normally it's that from challenger it's normally like you're having to prove yourselves KB97 was saying it feels like the only move up is to champ, which I don't think is correct because the example that I've been like dealing with myself with my own cards is Gustav Isaacson from Midtjylland, who has basically two rumors right now, AC Milan and Feyenoord. And one is really, really bad. And one is really, really good. And... I just hope he doesn't go to Italy. But uh, but that is a step up. Like, I think going from Denmark to the Netherlands is a step up. And that is just, a, I think it's a stepping stone, basically, to Italy or Spain, wherever he wants to go after that. But there are there are champion, excuse me, there are challenger teams, excuse, challenger leagues that can feed other challenger leagues, and those moves can be okay. Right. Like, if you get a move from... You know, like uh, Austria to IX. Yeah. That's a step up, but it's to a great team. But if you go from Austria to a relegation, to Volerdam in the same league, that's not good. I mean, I think so much of like what we have to value with these challenger guys is where the landing spot is. You know, Mike Tresser right now is linked to like Crystal Palace and to like bottom EPL teams. Those are really bad moves, even though like, you know, like I, I've always used the example for Tresser, um, Elise. Like they remind me like a guy that crosses the ball a ton. Yep. Um, you know, and like a winger that has midfield cards. Elise took a year and a half. He killed it at QPR and then was on the bench for Palace for a while. And in so weird time, like waiting a full season for a card to come good, like you, it normally doesn't sit in your gallery long enough. You're normally like, I'm out. I, I need to go take this funds and put it somewhere else. It, it's really hard to wait all that time for that card to come good again. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Uh, the two ones I wanted to point out from the chat here, 
looking for food brought up uh, Zion Fleming, who went from uh, Fortuna to Millwall. I'm not sure it's really like a step up. Like I feel yeah. like that's fairly lateral-ish. Lateral. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fine. And then but I mean, somebody... you know, and he got a lot of time too. Like, yeah. yeah. And then this is a, that's a great uh, one. second division call, not challenger, but Jean-Nicholas Besta. Best day, best. I don't know. Uh, He's the best. Harrison says one and crazy scores, but will he replicate in the Bundesliga this season? Would love to hear your thoughts. It's really no hard. chance. Yeah, really, really hard. I just yeah. have never seen anybody really do it. You know, like that go from like somebody brought up earlier, um, Hanko. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he's a top five defender on the platform right now and never sits. He's like a phenomenal card. And then he's had rumors of a step up to like middle tier Premier League. I think I saw once like a Bundesliga link. You don't even know what links are good anymore. He will never replicate that on any move up with the exception of like Manchester City or like Bayern. And he's not linked to any of those clubs. Yeah. That's, I think, where the problem is when we. You have to be so careful of comparing these move ups because the the landing spot is the most important thing. Like if uh, Ricardo Pepe, if he landed at Bayern Munich as the number nine, he would look just fine. Uh, KB97 brought Pepe up. <clears throat> balling in MLS, flopping at Augsburg, then balling again at Groningen, who was the worst team in the Eredivisie, and now he's on his way to PSV, which is true. And he might, and sit, then, and he might sit at PSV. Yeah, he might. Uh, and then... Oh, that's a great one. Uh, Mickey Fu brought up uh, Marco Senesi, who was great at Feyenoord. Yep, and that's a phenomenal not, example. Not I mean, that's that's what will happen with with Henko. Like, if he got that type of move, yeah, just because exactly nobody's because nobody's going to score well at Bournemouth. It's less about the like so much too when we say like these players are fantastic, like they are, but so much of it is the circumstance that they get at with like a fire Nord or an Ajax or all these guys. Cause they're just put in a situation where they can just dominate the ball. Like Yuri and Timber, if I had a card right now and he's on his way to Arsenal as potentially a, a rotation player, like that sucks. He's never yeah. going to like, he could reach those heights soon. Like there's a chance. That's a good example, by the way. Um, but cause he's going to go back to this potentially. Um, but yeah, yeah like Timber of- is a tough one. Yeah, Alex brought up uh, Teo Bonganda, Bonganda, excuse me, who was awesome at Gank. Terrible. Where was he? Cadiz? Is that where he was? Yeah. 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 And is now going to, to Spartak Moscow, where and it seems like he, he should, well, it's certainly going to be better than. I mean, it, a lot depends on um, what the Russian legal system does with with his teammate. No, that those, takes all the sense those right guys now. Are fine. Yeah, I mean, um, so Miki Fu, oh, hold on, that wasn't Miki Fu. Somebody brought up one I've been bringing up. Um, Morris um, brought up Barini. This is actually like a really, really interesting case. Did you, do you know where he went? I don't. Okay, so he went to Sampdoria, which I, I own a Barini, so I looked into this, like trying to figure out if it's good or not. It could potentially be a really well, good they got move. relegated. So they got relegated, and they just hired Pirlo, Wait. who I, I had no idea that Pirlo was – yeah, the coach in Turkey, and so he like handpicked Barini to come with him, and Barini, you know, obviously had like a huge revelation at Turkey, has that dominant role because of Pirlo, and now he's going to Serie 
Bay, I guess, or however you want to say Serie B mm-hmm. in Italy, I think there's a chance that's a really good move. Uh, like, and I should say this, a really good move, meaning I don't expect the scores to go up. Just has a chance to do similar type of production. Mm-hmm. Um, because the team he was playing for in Turkey wasn't a top side either. No. So I think that's an example of somebody, but that's like a very lateral-ish type of move too. Yeah. Uh, who is it? Henry brought up um, AZ. AZ. What's going to happen with him? Uh, with I thought I saw another rumor today, but I can't remember who it was with. But it does seem like they could get decimated also. Like I think Car- yeah, everybody Sam- expects Carlson to leave. Well, Kirkez like is Lazio. Lazio, which is funny enough, actually probably going to be similar scores than he has right now. But the problem with Kirkez as an owner, like – he was like promised to Benfica and right after Grimaldo ended and it was like all the signs were he's going to be the Benfica left back. So you were thinking you were going to about to get, you know, a top, probably the top U23 defender for next season. And now he ends up in Lazio, which, you know, if he duplicates his scores, like that's a reasonable outcome. Is, um, that, is that done? It's done. It's done. It was done today. Wow. That's awful. So it's Lazio six year deal or something like Oof. that. I, I own the, I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. So um, Luis said Reinders to Milan and Mickey Fu said Carlson to Napoli was the last. That is, yeah, Napoli. Now that Napoli. would be so. All right. I know my thought. What did your immediate thought when you hear Carlson to Napoli is? It's one of the better possibilities. If he can get a start. Yeah. That's the whole thing. So he's finally getting to a good club that he could score well at, but he has to start. Yeah. Which but he even might not right away. Like you're not, you're not getting the. I think it's going to take a while to get the the Carlson scores that we all know and love. Right. So, but if we're limited, which you know we're sometimes not wanting to hold on these cards forever and ever, like you're that card might not not be playable for a year. Right. That's yeah, I think problem. that's a that's a tough one. So, do you if you see this? I'm curious of. Your strategy. Let's just say that you own a Carlson card right now. Like, do you hold and hope for him to stay where he could obviously score really well? Or do we do you know like he's been linked for a year and a half? He wants to go. And do you move on, you know, have to take a little bit of a loss, but you can reinvest that funds into somebody with more of a clear picture? I think I think it's really hard to justify keeping him. Mm-hmm. The upside, the problem is, is the upside is that he doesn't move. Right. That's your best case outcome. And that's, that's tough. I think, I was going to say, I think they know that best case, best case is that he doesn't move. And some of the other guys do move. Like if Ryan does move, then now he's not like splitting set pieces anymore. Yeah. But I mean, even if. Yeah. Like. Yeah, but even if he does, I mean, we've seen we've seen him long enough that he's kind of a talent above in that league, and he's going to do really well. So I think that you don't get greedy; you just go, just just stay, you know, and and don't leave in January. Because um, who do we just see? Gakpo. That was a great example this past year. I know that's not the way to say it, but I can't say anything today. But Gakpo, remember, he was heavily rumored all summer last year stays absolutely kills it at PSV then goes to Liverpool and dies that 
that and crushed I, me because I had a Hackpo Limited. I had a whole AZ stack and I sold him two. and then he stayed. And I was like, ugh. You had two for a bit, if I remember I right. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there's a good example of somebody that got, you know, what would be termed a decent move and he started right away. But the role was so different. He was playing yeah. as a nine at Liverpool, not the all taking every single set piece. I mean, he was the best player on the platform until he transferred. Like, I think he was above Messi. I think he was like the best player on the platform. He was up there for a while, for sure. Yeah. I mean, in this, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, what else do you want from a. I don't know for sure, but I'm just going to guess that's what, like just after I sold. Yeah, like 100, 100, 57, 71, 100, 100. I remember though, Good player. In, like in end of November and December, everybody holding him was just like tormented because price starts going down. You start seeing the lead up. You know, there's still really good um, games coming. We had the World Cup coming where Memphis wasn't healthy. So he was still going to be in a good role. And it's like, I know he's going to get sold. We know he's going to get sold. Just do you do you run the risk? And that's, mm. I don't think there's a good answer. I don't think there's a good strategic answer. I agree. To, to that. I think you just have to identify for yourself in your own gallery. Like the more cards you have, the more you can accept the role. If you're a very, I think the, the answer to me, would be if you have a lot of cards and a lot of depth, you can accept that type of quote unquote risk. And if yep. you're somebody that's playing one division and has six to seven guys, you probably just have to sell out at that point and reinvest to somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, Morris brought up uh, Kirchu and whether we think there'll be an improvement. That's a great example. This is That's it, probably the best example. Thank you for that. So this is one where like he went from a really good challenger team to another really good challenger team. And I feel like we don't see it that often. Mm -mm. That Not for that type of money too. Right. I don't know if it happens if Enzo doesn't go to Chelsea, but... He did, right. so we had it. That's, no, it's, that's probably the best ones. And I think that I actually expect his scores to possibly be a little bit better. They could. I mean, if you had a – like, not, like, significantly, but I think the – we've seen with Benfica last year, especially that role. I mean, shoot, Chiquinho, who was, like, a bench player the whole year, takes over for Enzo and immediately is, like, really good. So what happens when you put a really good player in that role again? I mean, I think he he could do incredibly well. That's probably the best example of somebody getting a kind of maybe a slight move upward and it's still working out really well. Like that's the whole like go from the bottom of the Netherlands team to Ajax and be a starter. And that works out. Yeah. I mean, somebody, uh, Morris was saying, does it hurt him if John Mario keeps set pieces? I can't fathom Jao Mario lost him at the end of the season, too. Chiquinho yeah. was taking over Jao Mario. That's crazy. Um, and then looking for food, said I give Kirchu six months before a champ team buys him and he dies, which... Right. It, I mean, it's literally what we saw with Enzo. So, like, it's not... It's not uh, out of the realm of possibilities here. And Germ said to Kuiper going to Bruges. He is a Bruges player. Yeah, so he's going he's back loan. there because he was on loan. But he might be if he does it, it might be okay because Lang just transferred, so that opened up set pieces. Mm -hmm. But again, like you, kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, that is also projecting a role and assuming that you know what the coach is going to do. That you know, I can't remember the name of the team he was at last year. Which one? The Kuiper. The Kuiper. Westerloo. Where was it? Westerloo. That's assuming that 
Bruges coach thinks like just because he took set pieces at Westerly doesn't mean he's going to take set yeah, pieces yeah. at Bruges. So I think it's really hard. Like I could see a role that that it's like really good for his SO5 scores. And there's also a, a avenue that's like, well, do you really want him and pay the premium right now if he's just a left back? Yeah. A few guys were pointing out that Di Maria is probably going to take some sets. And somebody if else... If he ever plays. <laughs> we'll see how healthy that guy is. Oh, he'll play. But that reminded me, the Bruges thing, and you bringing up Noah Lang, like that's another one where he went from a very good team to another very okay. good team. Yeah. And I think this that's landing spot was very surprising because I think there were a lot of people who were just ready to have him go to some to go to AC Milan and just never Lazio right. would never hear from him again. And PSV, it's like, oh, he's actually could be really, really good there. And Henry brought up Veerman, uh, Lang and uh, Simons. Simons or Simmons? I never know which one. I never know either. He's really good. Was this called Javi? I like that. We could. Um, yeah, so is he I think going back to PSG. Is that the deal? Like, I know that they were going to do the clause, but then he said he didn't want to. That's also confusing. The PSV tweeted the other day that he was staying, okay. or maybe it was just a picture of him. I don't remember. I think I think this conversation has sufficiently said why Challenger is so challenging. Like, there's so many things to take. So, if you were planning right now, if you were newer, and you were planning out to buy a Challenger team right now what would you do i think you i think you just pick a league and go with it i actually don't think it even matters what league you take to be honest if you just like go near the top if you're like i really know turkey and you're like all right go with besiktas or fenerbahce galatasaray like i think that's okay if you want to build a celtic stack i think you're gonna have plenty of competition but people will do it I, I, I'm struggling myself with trying to justify like a mid table team in any of these leagues yep. because I'm just expecting so much more movement and yep. like we have another like month and a half of the window being open and you, you can get away with buying players. And like, if you can take the risk that some of the guys will not stay then I say go for it. But it's almost like the premium that you have to pay once we know who the players are might just be worth saving a little a little money now and just paying a little more when we know everybody who's set. That's that's what I'm doing. Um, except for if I can find somebody that just signed somewhere. Like the Angelino purchase was, all right, yeah. it's done. Like he just moved. I don't have to worry about another link. Let me go get him. Let me go get Muslera. I'm good. Let me. I, I'm now. I'm kind of debating more Galatasaray. But do you put any credence? I was just thinking about this. Does an older player in Challenger feel any more safe to you than a young guy? Hell yeah. <laughs> That's why I like. I mean, it's like the Tadic thing. Not to like pick like one of the best, but at 34, what, what is big club do? is bringing in Dusan I mean, Tadic to have him just like sit? It was hilarious. We were scared a little bit by Roma for a bit. We were. You're right. <laughs> so, and I think you had acquired him for a week and then a Roma news came out. 
Sue, uh, who is this? Blue Tomato said, seeing a training picture equals the guy stays. This is completely wrong. <laughs> and the, the only reason why I'm, bringing, why I'm saying that so confidently is connected to Alex Wilson here saying Midgeland and Copenhagen all the way. So like Gustav Isaacson wants to leave and Midgeland know he wants to leave and we're like, okay with him leaving, but they have conference league. They have conference league qualifiers. And so now there's talk that like they want him to stay until they make it into the group stage because they get like a huge financial windfall, huge for them. Okay, Blue Tomatoes was saying sarcasm. Yeah, I figured um, it was sarcasm. Yeah, so it was like huge financial incentive to qualify for the Euro for the Conference League. And so it's like if they can keep him until then, then it's great. But it's like you see him play a game and you're like, oh, he's staying. Doesn't it absolutely does not mean that for, for any player, really. Yeah. Spartan Dog said we're crazy. We're a month out from European being back in full force. Man, you just gotta go to the Danish Super League and we're back in 10 days. So here's another thing that's crazy about that. I was looking it up before the show. Do you know when the transfer window goes until for Europe? I know that Saudi goes until the 20th of September. Saw that, but Europe is still September 1st. Yeah, September 1st. That's a long time. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like it's July 11th right now. And we're going to see tons of training pictures of guys who do not start the season with that same team. Do you, do you remember um, the, this is what came in my head. Um, do you remember the Harry Maguire thing when he was at Leicester? No. So he was training. This, this is what came to my head when Blue Tomato said about training. He was training a full morning and then the deal almost got done. And he didn't show up for the afternoon and they all said he got food poisoning. Hmm. And this other you have all the the memes of running to the bathroom and stuff. And it's because the deal was almost done and they told him not to go yeah. back. But all the teammates were like, "Yeah, he got he got really sick. Had to go in the <laughs> had to had to leave." Yeah. ATX Smix. That's what I would say. <clears throat> I used to absolutely <laughs> love the transfer window, but Sora has slightly dampened that. Uh, I hate it. It's this is like the the worst time. Uh, Mickey yeah, Fu's it, deadline is the worst day on the Sora calendar. So I, I want to give it this one like counter because we've only talked about like the negatives and things like that. There is some credence to depending on like where you're at and where your gallery is of just seeing things out. I'm going to give like two examples that I had that were like terrible in January and now they've come, they've done fine. So uh, Orsic from, he was at Zagreb. Transfer to Southampton, I think played one FA Cup game. I was going to say, it was crazy how little he played. And now he just got a move to Trabensor. Everybody's going to realize I cannot say team names on this pod. I think you nailed that one, actually. Okay, thank you. Here's his Southampton (laughs) for for Sora. And I mean, this was a card that, you know, if you go back to Zagreb, like just so people can see, I don't, I don't own a, t- a player that was this bad. But I mean, he was unbelievable there. He was fantastic. Was you know helping me get close to podiums, and now you know it's not, it's probably not as good, but it's pretty good. It's a top four or five team in Turkey. Yep. Um, and he probably you know should do really well. So that was one that I held because the fall off was so far. And then the other one I had was uh, that looks like he might come good as uh, Onowachu. Um, was that Somebody brought Big him up. Right? Yeah, Alex, yeah. Okay. 
Um, but no, he he's oh, no, now right. in Bundesliga too. For I can't remember who it is, but it's supposed to be a top team. Um, or it's about done. And he could do really well there because that's like more of the level that he's at, not Premier yeah, League. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you just have to make the evaluation of like it's just not enough at that point. Cause you know, I paid I have his rare, like just to talk in Ethereum, because I don't know like the dollar, but I paid like 0.5 for him. And by the time the deal was done, he was like 20% of that figure. I'm like, whatever. I'm just I'm not selling him for that. I, you know, at that time you couldn't really get a, a serviceable type of guy. So I think that that's a valuation you need to make during this too, is do you just see it out? Cause some of these guys, if they go to that type, make that type of move, like for Southampton, they were at the bottom of the table. I'm like, well, if they get, if they get relegated, he could be okay in the championship. So yeah. I'll just see this thing out. Yeah. Rigamon said that he, he bought Ugh. Orsich for second division, which um... it worked out. It worked out though. Yeah. So we're Josh bringing up Dino Hotich, who we started with, has been a nightmare the last 12 months. Can confirm. Can confirm that was terrible. Uh, what is this? Wedeman? Imagine some 35 year olds returning to South America, oh baby, or a 36 year old Argentine going to Miami. There you go. There you go. You always have that opportunity too. Yeah. Not much I mean, challenge from that 36 year old uh, Argentine. But that's back to what we're talking about, like in terms of like the progressions of people. You don't really want them going upwards in leagues. You want them going down. Right. <laughs> you know, going from PSG to enter Miami, probably going to be decent. That is definitely going down. I can confirm that much. So, you know, here's a really good example, too, of somebody. I, I want to get your perspective because I don't – I sold him when the move happened because I thought it was bad. But – um, somebody that maybe did okay with it is Florentine, who I told you I couldn't believe for the L15 was the fifth ranked challenger Europe midfielder. He went from it was a Argentina's junior, yeah, to one of the worst teams in Russia. They're, they they're okay, aren't they? Aren't they like mid table? Orenburg, like what 12 teams? <laughs> <laughs> something like that it's not that many um they're, they're not good they're not zenit no they're, they're not, not moscow no, no yeah don't don't uh don't take that as if they're not good yeah they're straight up mid-table seven of six yeah but he's been great because he got the role that he was just on everything yes um and also too somebody brought this up way earlier don't don't bother to scroll somebody mentioned uh jao paulina mm-hmm. who's at fulham um wasn't wasn't that bad. His scores were staying the same. I think, too, you can kind of look at the profile of player to see if they're going to like be hit extra hard. Like uh, Mike Tresser that we've used as an example, him going up to the Prem would be awful for a while because he already loses a lot of possessions in the Jupiter League versus inferior talent than himself. So going up like versus really good players is probably sure. going to be really bad for possession stats. But I kind of feel like this is this isn't tested. But I kind of feel like a kind of a destroyer type central midfielder that you know gets a lot of defensive peripherals. That type of guy might be okay. Like the guy that you're not shooting for hundred peaks, but that you know kind of gets you the fifteen to twenty AA. Mm-hmm. And he didn't start, by the way, for an hour. So don't don't tease me. I, I own him. His rare. Um, it's that should be an, an un, unbelievable move 
if he starts, but you need a Sutalo to get sold. Yeah, that would be that's a nice one. But like he should he I mean that was at not even a top side in um league league two in uh in France and he was putting up those stats. Mm-hmm. There are Morris says he's starting. He didn't start Morris, both of the yeah, I know the look at the last friendly for I, I own his card, so I've been looking, but the last uh Zagreb was like their number one team and he wasn't in the starting lineup. So I was like, oh no, what are my plans? Not working out too well. <laughs> um, yeah, so right, Josh, I agree with this. League Duo seems very OP for defenders. I, I will say this, this is a challenger show, but I don't know if we're going to try to do this, but maybe a little closer season. I think if you can do some heavy scouting in second division and play them in all-star, you can clean up really really well it's just not as fun to scout guys and teams that you've never heard of with minimal news um what was the name of what was the name of the foremost mindy that was the guy that a lot of big galleries had and loved him and he would just randomly dnp so much yeah but when he part of it was transfer rumor transfer stuff was it okay yeah see that's the hardest part though about those type of leagues is if you don't know it and there's not a lot of info because it's not even like the biggest team in that given town like i'm assuming it's not as easy to get information about paris fc bordeaux the bordeaux defensive stack was incredible last year did they did they go up or did they not they stayed down because of like a riot on the last day of the season at the (laughs) stadium um Yeah, are we are we cleared though in france right now or should we stay away from some (laughs) yeah no they're good although i i read the, the goalie is leading, or they want a new goalie. So watch out for that yeah. defensive stack. Um, but yeah, I had Gregerson and the Oh, other that's guy. the look at surface. Oh, there you go. So Foremost Mendy was linked to Bordeaux. Like he's been linked to Bordeaux when they were up and then they got relegated and then they were like, oh, we can't afford him. And now I, don't know, I guess they could now. But he was linked to somebody else in France too. But interesting. He would be good. Yeah, I, I, I'm very nervous about doing the second division thing. Um, but I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I, I'm personally taking the strategy, um, and this is what I'm going to do a lot for Challenger too. I kind of just want to see stuff. I want to see the first week. I want to see who's taking set pieces, who's starting, like maybe even get like further into more serious friendlies before mm-hmm. doing too many moves because A, you get to dodge Saudi or dodge championship like because here's the other thing too with these challenger because these price tags aren't that high on some of the elite elite guys if somebody gets injured like an important player they can just go to the challenger divisions and try to get one of these guys to fill in um you know it's a lot easier to go knock on fire nord's door and say here's 15 million than it is for your center your central midfielder than it is to say hey chelsea Right. Sign, you know, sell so it's this guy inside of the league. So I, I think I just kind of want to see that stuff go out. Um, and if I have to pay, you know, 15, 20% more, I feel like that makes more sense than it is to potentially spend it now and go to zero. You know, if they go to Saudi or they get a sure. terrible move. Yeah. yeah. I, somebody brought it up in chat. It's like way too far for me to go back, but they were just like, 
with all of the challenger uncertainty, like just buy champion Europe players, like just play champion Europe. And what you just said, like, it's so much cheaper to play challenger. And like, yes, you can't win Mbappe in challenger, but like the game itself. But you can play challenger in all-star and you can play you challenger in cap mode. Like the, yeah. we probably should have said this when the, when the person made the comment about challenger awards, then don't play them in challenger. Take your Feyenoord you stack. Yeah. Take your Feyenoord stack, play an all-star and win Mbappe that way. And yeah. there's your building blocks for your championship. Champion Get a Marvin. Yeah. Exactly, man. There's, there's some mashers down here. Yeah. Surface said, I've always had the strategy of, of having a little skirmish chest ready to go with the intention of buying someone after the first or second game we can challenge in Europe for exactly these reasons. So, yeah. Yeah. And I will say this too for not financial advice, but we see this over and over in every league. And even now that Europe has really recovered since the end of the season, prices will run up before all the new mints. And then you get this nice little things typically slow down after what, what like a quarter into the season is when things kind of settle for a bit. So if you can wait that long, if you have an America or an Asia gallery, you know, you don't have to like right now is the run up. Everything is going up. You miss your window or you want to wait. If you have Asia and America guys to cover, cover there and then backfill. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. I wanted to just, and again, this isn't challenger, but John Nunez said Marvin Vonizek is the Kimmich of the poor. And not even <clears throat> of the poor. I'm just saying, if you go to similar players, there are three players that are similar to Vonizek, and it's Bruno Fernandez, Kimmich, and Carlos Heel. Uh, so. Not bad. I mean, bad I'm blanking on the dude's name, but you know, when we started the limited limited time only show, the the French guy, I'm blanking on his name. I should send to you earlier. Livalent. Livalent. I mean, that dude when we started the show was what four bucks. I live a lot. Five bucks. Yeah. Dropped two hundreds to end the season. Now he's you know up 15. to eight bucks and scores. It's fifteen dollars now. Would have made yourself solid <laughs> return, but my point is like if you if you do the scouting with Challenger and with like even second division, like there's some really good players out there. You don't have to just rush to the top and the most named guys. Like that's one of the coolest things about Challenger is like, you know, if you want to scout Turkey, if you want to scout Croatia, like those type of Challenger divisions that not too many, like Jupiter and Eredivisie, like all eyes are on those in Challenger divisions. Yeah, like to me. Like if you're trying to like make an in route, like you're starting out, like go to Croatia, go to Turkey. I mean, I think Turkey, the top end people seem to know those names because a lot of those names now are some big guys. But if you like, you were like lower, like if you were on Fabio Barini before the season last year, like you did really well because nobody, everybody thought he was like burned out guy from Syria. That, and you could just go learn Dutch too or something fun like that. Should have gotten Rosetta Stone to sponsor this podcast. This stream. <laughs> I love it. Oh, well. uh, I think we're going to end there. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. Shout out to Quinny for that. Also a shout out. I'm glad he brought this up. Mike Bastin podiumed Cap 240 Rare this past, this game week. I probably got a reward right now. Hopefully it's something excellent. So, Mike, good luck with that. Um, so, yeah, thanks, everyone, for that. The schedule is going to be a little wonky next week. I'll explain later this week why that's the case, um, but we'll figure all of that out. Um, yeah. So thank you, everybody, and uh, good luck this week.